I just had two Jehovah Witnesses come to my door. And I told them to go away via my phone. What an age we live in. Just fantastic. Uh, the app Ring and the Ring doorbell have been a huge blessing to me when it comes to people coming to my door <laughs> and wanting to uh, spread their religious views on my doorstep. I'm not a big fan of that. My kids, it was going like against everything in their being to not open the door. They wanted to open the door and answer it so bad. <laughs> what a different age we live in now, you know? I mean, it. There's, there's a comedian, I can't remember who it was, but he had a whole funny bit where, you know, back in, back in the day when he was a kid, it was whenever someone was at the door, it was a big to-do. It was, you know... Uh, everyone was excited about it. Company was coming over, right? You know, and uh, really funny stand-up uh, bit by by this guy. I can't remember who it was, but um, but then he says, you know, today it's like who's at the door? Everyone hide. We're not home. <laughs> Never want to answer the goddamn door, especially when I'm on my lunch break and it's someone trying to, you know, convert me to their side, right? Not a fan of that at all, but I'm so glad I can just brush them off now with just my voice through a, through a doorbell. Praise be to Jesus. <laughs> well, welcome to the AXPX Diaries number three. I'm trying to put these out weekly. Uh, it's very hard to do sometimes with my schedule and everything. So as you know, whenever I can, I'm going to be doing doing these and just kind of see where it goes. Some weeks I, I feel like I don't have anything to talk about. Some weeks I'm very distracted. Um, it's taken me a while to get this one out just because my, my thoughts haven't been there. I haven't been in the space to sit down and talk to what seems like myself. But I know that eventually, you know, you who uh, who are patrons, who are patron saints, will be hearing this. Uh, some of you are hearing this right now. Thank you so much for becoming patron saints of the AXPX podcast. I really do appreciate it and welcome. Welcome to my, uh, the unfiltered Sean DeRager here. That's my hope with this, that this is going to be just me rambling about my thoughts and everything that, that have been going on for the past week. And I got a couple things I want to talk about. No Bible reading today. So those of you who aren't into that, uh, breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> I do want to talk about the Bible, the Christian Bible, a little bit, though, because in an interesting turn of events, I was, uh, I just recently interviewed Kevin Miller for an upcoming podcast. He has, he has a class coming up in September called uh, Mimetic Theory and Monsters, and he's the director of a documentary called Hellbound that uh, looks into and talks to a lot of different pastors and people about the possibility of hell. Is there a hell? Isn't there a hell? What happens if you don't believe in hell and, and all that stuff? And uh, him and I talk about that. That'll be coming out in a few weeks here. And so I was watching the documentary, and Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible Answer Man, is interviewed. 
And I think this documentary came out in 2014, so it's been a few years. And what's interesting about Hank Hanegraaff is he was somebody I always, back when I was trying to learn about Christianity and the Bible, and, and much to my parents' um, persuasion, they liked hearing him. He's a very fundamentalist, evangelical, conservative Christian radio host. Apologetics, you know, was what it was all about, how to def- defend the Bible, and how do you know it's 100% true and, and all that stuff. You know, he had all the answers. And a very well done show. Like, he was very eloquent. And I remember at the time when I was going through all that, I really enjoyed listening to his show. Well, of course, since then, I've, you know, my, my disdain of Western Christianity kept me from even pursuing anything he's done. And every time I saw him, I'd be like, oh, pff, there's the Bible answer guy. He's full of shit. And I just random like he was. So he's on this documentary and I randomly Googled him the other day to kind of see like what, what the hell is he up to? And I've discovered that he had uh, converted, quote, quotation marks, to or Eastern Orthodox Christianity. And to me, as someone who's on the sidelines of all this stuff, uh, I'm like, who the hell cares? He, you know, he can, he, he's going to a new church now. <laughs> That's all that I think about it as. He's going to a whole church, a new church. Well, apparently he lost a shit ton of listeners and this was a much to do, a, a big thing in the world of, you know, of, of, uh, I don't know, mainline Christianity, Western Christianity, evangelicals, whatever you want to call them. I, I Labels are, are a tough thing these days. Fundamentalists, right? So apparently this was a big deal. And I find that very humorous because to me, it's just, you know, he's just going to a new church. He didn't change teams. He still believes in Jesus. He still believes in uh, in the infallibility of the Bible, that God does speak through the Bible. He does. He still believes all that stuff. So what's changed? Well, Ethern, Ethern, see, this is the unfiltered Sean. I can't talk sometimes. I cannot pronounce words. <laughs> Eastern Orthodoxy is a more traditional uh, form of worship very much you would you would describe it as like if you've ever been to like a Greek Orthodox or a Roman Catholic mass uh, a lot of tradition chants um, things like that they do the um, the the Eucharist and uh, liturgy and things like that. But the Eastern Orthodoxy is, it dates all the way back to, in, in their mind, um, the first, I think, hundred years of Christianity post uh, Jesus' death. They try to align themselves bow all the way back to traditions that were uh, started back then by what they would say would be relatives of Jesus and the disciples. Whether that's true, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it yet, but it's but it's, you know it's very fascinating. So, so Hank Hanegraaff has found you know peace, and he's found a church service and a way of looking at things that really you know at this time in his life he's like sixty seven years old, really speaks to him. And so it's great. Like you should be, especially if it's you know it's just someone changing churches. Like you'd think that people would be happy that he's found a a peace in uh, a way that he, that you know. He, he worships. 
Not the case. He lost like thousands of listeners to his to his radio show, which is just boggles my mind. And so he has a podcast now called uh, Hank Unplugged, and I would I would definitely I'd recommend you check it out. It's you know it's still very you know mainline uh, not mainline Christian, but it's still a very Christian podcast. Um, but kind of hearing him talk through the lens of orthodoxy is almost like a little easier for me to digest. I'm not digesting it through some fundamentalist lens anymore. And um, having and his experience of losing listeners just because he went to Eastern Orthodox uh, boggles my mind. So I posted a link to his podcast and I'll I'll probably put in the little show notes here. But he has a quote here that was fantastic. He says in this podcast, I hadn't been studying church history the same way I'd been studying the Bible. Now, to me, that is huge because I remember sitting in church and looking through the Bible and I had a study Bible and looking through, you know, um, the footnotes uh, of all the stuff. And if you if you've ever had a study Bible, big, gigantic thing that could, you know, crush a can crush a gigantic spider. I, I've actually used one to kill a giant spider once when I was working at a TBN TV station <laughs> overnight. Anyway, uh, so I remember sitting in church looking at the history of everything and I would read things and I would see that, oh my gosh, like this, like the book of John was, wasn't written, like I said, I think the last diaries episode, you know, it, it was written like 40 or 50 years after the previous gospel. Uh, and when I started reading all that, I was like, that kind of shook me up a little bit. And so whenever I would hear a preacher say that the Bible is 100% infallible, 100%, 100% true, word of God, inspired, blah, blah, yada, 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 that always, you know, I always thought, well, it would think like, well, you know, uh, this isn't, the, but not really, it was written by a guy. <laughs> so it was very interesting to hear Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible answer man, at age 67 years old, come to this conclusion and realize that he has been missing out on a whole portion of education and context when it comes to the Bible. So, you know, if, if, if anyone wants to understand any holy book, and this is something that I'm going to try to teach my kids, and it's when, because they're going to be approached with holy books, with, with the Bible, especially in our community, that uh, context is important, not just within like what you're reading, because a lot of what a lot of fundamentalist churches like to do is they pull out one verse here, one verse there, and they create a whole sermon based off these two verses and try to relate it to what's going on today. Uh, but what I was taught at, a, at an early age, and this you know came back to bite me as when I started come, becoming more agnostic, right, was was reading things in context. Read the entire chapter in context. What's this one verse saying? Why is it saying it? And who's the audience? Um, so under, so understanding within context of what you're reading is very important if you're gonna if you're gonna go down the path of studying a holy book or studying you know studying the Bible. But also the more context would be within the church history context. How did this book get put together? When did it get put together? Why did these books get put in a certain order? 
when did that happen, what politics were involved, what denomination was the one putting things together, what, what, what was their function in that society at a time. And so it just kind of floored me to hear that Hank Hanegraaff had never really approached the Bible that way. And now at this part in time in his life, at this season, he's pursuing learning about church history. And I'm assuming he's going to, you know, be talking hopefully more about kind of what like if you like Pete ends and, and those types of scholars, like what they would talk about. Like I'm hoping he pursues that more. And, and it's just interesting. Like it really like this type of stuff gets me excited about reading the Bible again. Like I've, like I've said, you've, you've heard me say that before. So anyway, so, so approaching these books, these holy texts as, uh, human books, you know, is, I think for me, um, for me, it's just a more fulfilling way to study the Bible on my own terms. And it's made the Bible for me a, a, a rich and interesting collection of writings. So anyway, uh, just, just a fascinating little thing that I stumbled across uh, this week, learning about, you know, kind of jumping and rediscovering Hank Hanegraaff. So it'll be interesting to see, like his, his quote, ministry hasn't changed. He's still the Bible answer, man. He's, he still has that show, but the podcast that he's doing is a lot more personal and just very fascinating. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, where all that goes. So I'll encourage you to, to check that out and see if you see if it's something you like. I'm still finding more, um, more interesting conversation with Pete Enz's, uh, podcast, uh, the Bible for normal people. And uh, just fantastic stuff if you're interested in studying the Bible in, uh, in, in that context, more of a historical uh, context. So, next up, th- I, I mentioned parenting. So, this, <laughs> this, this week also was kind of my first jump into some, some hardcore parenting. Like, up to like my kids are 11. Nine and four. The four-year-old's a maniac. He's crazy. Uh, different parenting style with him. A lot more firm. Got to keep him in line. Try to get more structure in his day. Nine-year-old and ten-year-old, a little more on their own, a little more freedom. Well, they recently got cell phones. And my daughter's had her cell phone. She's been using it. She contacts us and a few friends. And then my son he has had a cell phone. And for him, I wanted to, him to have it locked down a little more. Um, but... Anyway, just like, I don't, I don't know what I would have done if I would have had a cell phone or like, like a smartphone, right? Like an iPhone, right? At the age of nine, I have no idea. Uh, I was a shit kid every now and then. Uh, I did some shitty things and wasn't you know, my mind, you know, I had a lot of, a lot of inner demons to work with, especially at, the, at that age. So I would imagine he's probably going to go through the same things. Well, he had, uh, was with some buddies spending the night and there's he he had liked a girl and she didn't uh, you know act like she liked him back after a while and he kind of took that personally and um so one thing led to another so he's had this like he's, he's harbored this kind of you know little, little animosity right towards this girl and he's, he's learning how to deal with feelings and he's very much a sensitive and uh he's very in tune to relationships and uh and things like that hopeless romantic uh 
So first, one thing led to another where I think his friends took his phone and started texting uh, to the girl that he had her number in his phone. It was like more and more, it was like iMessage, right? You can iMessage like an iPad. Well, it was, it was her iPad. So I think they would text him like, I love you, I love you. And then he was trying to tell them, no, he doesn't. And then so he texted back like, I hate you, I hate you. And one thing led to another where he would, he left these voicemail or voice texts uh, that could be pretty hurtful. And I'm not going to go into it, I, I you know, but the, her dad ended up, you know, texting my wife. <laughs> so here we, I'm at this point where I need, we, I need to deal with this situation that I never thought I would have to deal with. And especially because since I'm in the middle of working on this podcast series about, you know, um, feminism and what it means to be a woman in a, in, in this today's society, uh, and the fight that women have on a daily basis against misogyny and, and shit like that. So, so here I am like dealing with all doing this podcast and now I got, you know, I need to have this life lesson with my son on like, look, this is not the way that you talk to, to women. Like even if a girl pisses you off, like this is not the way to handle it. And in his little voicemails, he alluded to even like a violent, you know, like he would hit her with a stick or something like that, which is like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck around when it comes to that, that we, we shut that shit down. It's not a way to talk to a woman. So I was upset. I let him have it. I was bullied as a kid. I let him know, look, I was bullied. You are acting verbally in a way that was, that bullies treated me. So we had had this discussion at all this and you know, boys will do stupid things when they're trying to impress their friends. I get that. So it just got me thinking about, you know, like that I've entered like the next level of parenthood (laughs) and I am scared to death. (laughs) So we'll, we'll see what happens with that, man. I, um, I think that we did have a good discussion. I know, I, I know that he is not is totally out of character for him. I know that it's something he was deeply regretful and remorse, uh, remorseful about. And we still are on that track of we have to deal with this once their uh, this family gets back from vacation or whatever. Uh, we all need to get together, and he needs to f- to confront this and. Uh, apologize directly for his actions and it's you know it's these these are these are things that as a parent you need to grasp onto and this is a very important lesson that he needs to learn and I and I'm I'm hopeful that this is something he's going to remember the rest of his life and hopefully take with him and and um and go from there so yeah I uh I'm 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 terrified for when my daughter gets into high school. She hasn't really had to deal with too many asshole guys yet, but she's going to, and I know that's going to be a whole other level that I'm going to have to deal with her, uh, deal, deal with. I, I see deal with like, it's a horrible thing. I mean, this is what I signed up for by being, by becoming a parent. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you got to latch onto these teaching moments, um, and just kind of let them happen. And God, uh, 
I had a big glass of scotch that night. Once the kids went to bed, I was, and my wife and I stayed up and we talked about it more and, and, uh, and I, th- I think we did good. I've run this by some people and they said that we, you know, in more detail and, uh, they, they said that we did it, we treated it uh, the right way. So we'll see here. Buckle up everybody. Here we go. Like this, it just showed me that's like, I'm, I'm entering the big leagues. The kids aren't little anymore. The problems are going to get bigger. The life lessons are going to get bigger and more, um, just dealing with like real consequences and the main thing i mean there's kids and that was, this was what i wanted to get across to him was you know words are powerful either in the written form or spoken form like words can uh strike a blow to someone's self-esteem uh to their self-worth And, you know, there's kids that are committing suicide on Facebook after someone made fun of them by being bullied, like, online like that. Like, like there was a, I think it was a girl that, like, hung herself live on Facebook after some extreme bullying had happened. So, like, this stuff is important to learn at a young age even more like I, I didn't have a way to just blast stupidity out of my nine-year-old mouth when I when I was that age I guarantee you I would have hurt a lot of people you know I I I was being bullied but I was also dishing that shit out to people too so I, I don't know you know it's just a serious thing and very interesting time that we live in that kids need to learn at a young age that words matter and uh words can hurt people and meanwhile we got a president that's just diarrhea of the mouth every every day i was about to use an expletive again i'm trying to keep the swear words down because <laughs> words matter so yeah there's a there's a dichotomy here that uh that, that, that very interesting social experiment with an administration that is just hateful and uh, a society that is very susceptible to to the words that are said and and we need to be aware of that and we need to be uh sensitive to that you know people are people we're we're humans we deal with things and and uh what we say and how we treat people people is important so that was the that was the lesson hopefully a lesson of of the summer as his summer as his summer kicks off here so the phone's gone. He, uh, I disconnected that thing. I'm going to save uh, 20 bucks a month. <laughs> but uh, he needs to earn that privilege back by, by the school year. And I'll, I'll, if, you know, we'll see. We'll track his response. But I, like I said, this was very uncharacteristic of him. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I get. I, I'm terrified because I go back to when I was 9, 10, and 11. And, oh boy, I'm fucked. <laughs> all right, well, <clears throat> that's all I got for for this week's diary. I want to thank all of you patrons for, for listening to this. And hopefully each week uh, something valuable comes out of this. I don't know. I'm going to keep doing them. And uh, we'll see where these go. I'm sure that these are going to... Um, evolve 
and uh, into more. I'm hoping to have more discussions with more people. Open these up to them. Oh, um, also, I I don't want to just sideline this and just kind of brush it off. June is LGBT um, month, Pride month. And, uh, as I, I say this, I always say this whenever I have an opportunity, you know, if you're in the LGBT community, you have a friend right here. I am going to champion equal rights, um, for, for everyone. Um, and I'm, this is a safe spot for, for all of you. And I, I champion equal rights for everybody. And it's just been it's, it, I think every year seeing the support for the LGBT community is fantastic around this time of year. This happens and, and throughout the year, um, especially in this current administration that seems to want to downplay all of that. We had a president with Obama that was very much finally got into the discussion of gay rights and gay marriage and being pro all that and the, the, the beautiful picture of the White House decked in rainbow coloring as a support for the LGBT LGBT community was just powerful uh, in, in Obama's administration this past couple of years. <clears throat> and I'm mourning that we're probably not going to have that for the next four years. So being extra vocal about your support of, of the community, I think is even more important. And, um, you know, so I, I didn't plan correctly this season and I wanted to, so I think what I'm going to do is next year dedicate the month of June to LG, LGBT ish, uh, issues. And if you're listening to this and you have any suggestions of, of people I should talk to, that'd be fantastic. Um, so I'm just, just going to throw that out there now. I know that this is a subject I'll tackle this season, but uh, I haven't got to it just yet. Um, so suggestions for next year to make a full month out of it would be great. So. All right. Well, that, like I said, that's going to do it for this week's AXPX Diary. I am Sean DeRager, and I want to thank all of you for listening. I have so many great episodes coming up. I can't wait. I got one uh, series. It was going to be one episode, but it's starting to evolve. So probably two or three episodes based on uh, uh, feminism and womanhood in today's society and today's church. Um, and then I have my interview with Kevin Miller uh Mimetic theory and monsters, which is going to be great, uh, coming in the next few weeks as well. Once the this uh, the current series I'm about to start is done, so you have all that to look forward to. Uh, please spread the word about this this Patreon. I would love to have more people hear this. It's only a dollar a month; it's not a lot. So, uh, but it would help support the show and uh, help me to be able to grow and f- focus and grow this. Uh, specific show that feeds my soul. I have another podcast called The Screamcast. It's a horror movie podcast. It's a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of bullshitting on the microphone. Uh, really great to do. But this sp- this particular podcast, the, the Armchair Philosopher stuff, the AXPX podcast, the, this diary, really does feed my soul and kind of has brought my thought process thought process back around to things that really do matter to me and and really I think helps. Uh, helps me grow as, as a person and hopefully uh, all of you listening these types of ideas and things help you grow as, as people as well whether you're a Christian non-Christian whatever uh, whatever religion you 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 cling to cling cling is a bad word not cling to <laughs> uh, whatever your faith values you claim and hold dear all right I'm gonna shut up before I say anything else stupid 
talk to all of you guys next week. Bye.